So, United are back. <laughs> they're back. And um, they're still at home next weekend, you know, Ed. It's it's not a trip to Stoke. Oh. It's a, a a weird second home game. Perhaps I should record all of that <laughs> again. <laughs> I think I think we're all right. Um, yeah, things are good here. I'm uh, a bit shattered from having driven to Manchester and back today, but I think you probably win the person who's travelled most in the last twenty four hours award. Uh, yeah, I don't know how many miles uh, from Mexico City to Atlanta and then Atlanta to good old Blighty, but. It's quite a lot. So bef- before we get into it, how was Mexico? Yeah, it was fine. Busy, you know, work and uh, a little bit of um, a little bit of play. You know, had a had a look around Mexico City. Went to uh, some pyramids. There are pyramids in Mexico City, just outside. Uh, uh, saw some museums. Uh, went to some restaurants. Bit of the town, you know, usual. It was all right. Would you rec- Would you recommend Mexico City as a destination? Uh, if you've got a moped, because the traffic is horrible. Okay, there but yeah, it seemed like it seemed like a nice uh, city for what I saw of it, which honestly wasn't everything. And I did not get to the Azteca. I really did mean to, and I ran out of time. Well, you might not have been to the Azteca, Ed, but I've been to Sixfields. Wow, I'm not sure I would recommend Northampton as a tourist destination, but it was very nice to go to Sixfields, and you know that. This is like going to be serious. Is, it, is this you slumming it with the lead two crowd? Seriously, one crowd. Seriously, patronising what was about to come next. But it was a nice little stadium. It's um, it's funny because so one of the stands is half built. They nearly went out of business, at Northampton. And then they were rescued, and then they won uh, League Two uh, last season, which which was funny when United fans started singing, "You've only come to see United," and the Northampton fans started singing, "You've only come to see the champions," which I thought was good. I thought that was good football banter. Makes a change from we support our local team. Uh, it was a really interesting experience going there. You got to kind of walk around the pitch before the game because, you know, it was all there wasn't any like special press facilities or anything. I just had a chair with my name on it, which was all ripped apart, um, which was funny. It's like, oh, I feel special, but it was it was good. And my favourite bit of the night was. United had come out to warm up, but Zlatan hadn't come out. So when the main United team came out, there was a few like quite enthusiastic boos from the Northampton fans, the ones that weren't trying to get under Herrera's autograph. But then a few minutes later, Zlatan walked out and he just took three steps forward, like out the tunnel, scanned to his left, scanned to his right, shook his head slightly and ran to join the team. Like, I've never seen a person look more imperious. And a couple of Northampton fans tried to boo him, but you they you could see they were getting swept away in Zlatan mania. Very good. As, as they should. Show some respect. <laughs> where is Northampton anyway? Uh, it is just... I kind of know. It's just about where the M1 yeah. joins the M6. That's it. Exciting stuff. The game was not super exciting. No, I, I missed it all. I've seen brief highlights and goals and that's about it. You have not missed anything, really. I've managed to not actually see very much football while I was away. I mean, I, I watched, uh, what did I watch? The Derby half asleep. Uh, I totally missed the Europa League game. I totally missed this one. And I watched the uh, whatever it was last week when United were rubbish at Watford. It was what? Yeah, Watford, like six yeah. in the morning on record. Or repeat, or whatever you call it when it's on Reddit. Neither one do you pronounce the re as the no. stressed syllable. Like you've been in America too long. And Something like that. Yeah, so Northampton, uh, Memphis Depay played and did one nice dribble. The big news, of course, in that game was that Rooney was played at number nine, adding to the number of places he's played. Yes. I, I did see the uh, pre-match interview with Jose Mourinho uh, when he was asked, what are you expecting from Rooney? And he said, Goals. Goals, goals. Goals. I'm expecting goals. He didn't get any. He was apparently a Bond villain as well. <laughs> I mean, he kind of is though, isn't he? He'd make a very good Bond villain. Rooney shanked one chance, good chance wide, scored a goal off his face but was offside um, and was just generally pretty average and United conceded a goal. I mean, you know, it's funny, we talked about O-ring theory on the show last week and this was serious O-ring theory in action, this game. Uh, the the back four, I felt so sorry for Timothy Fosimensa because when you're a young player, you don't really want to come into a totally dysfunctional back four. Uh, he didn't play very well personally, I have to say, but I feel less inclined to blame him than I do Marcus Rojo, who was absolutely abysmal. And Northampton's penalty 
there's no way in a million years it should have got as far as it did. Uh, Rojo had such a good chance to head it clear. So Rooney lost the ball. Um, Blint did very badly when he lunged in for the penalty, but it was Rocco's failure to clear the header that was the real kind of uh, proper disgrace in that moment. Yeah, we we talked before, well, last week about uh, what kind of uh, team United would put out. I, I guess... I mean, I guess we assumed that Rojo would get a game of some kind because there are actually aren't that many younger players left in the squad, were there? So, you know, you take a look at United's first team and the bench. Uh, and aside from De Gea having a break and Sam Johnson coming into the, the squad... Uh, Sergio... Oh, into the squad. Sorry. Yeah, into the squad. And, and Timothy Fosin meant to starting. That's it, right, for younger players. Everyone else is a bona fide first team player anyway. Um, and I, I guess we saw Schneidlin and Depay and Carrick um, get a game. Oh, and Rooney, now he's not really a first-team player anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Fossi Mensa was the only proper youngster in the team. Like, well, apart from Rashford, obviously, who was called upon because he was needed. It was funny, Zlatan was on the cover of the programme, and I, as I got there, I was, looked at it and thought, I feel like that is a bit optimistic on the part of Northampton that, that he's going to end up playing. But, of course, he was needed, um, so he was called upon. Uh, the big guns... Ibrahimovic and Rashford both brought on. Brought on early as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it made all the difference. Um, And United were extremely, extremely, extremely comfortable in the second half. Herrera's goal is an absolute scream. He just hit the post like a couple of minutes before that. He was obviously like really finding his range. Um, And it it was beautiful. Very reminiscent of that goal against Yeovil. Obviously not uh, the same kind of absolutely unbelievable goal, but the same long range hit and then run over to the fans and the surge of the crowd. You could see um, the, the whole crowd kind of surging down to where he was. It was great. Good stuff. So United into the, what, what was that? The third round or the fourth round? Uh, so that must have been the third round, I think, because you get the bye to the third round, don't you? You do. And why, why have they bring, rebranded it, the English Football League Cup? Oh, I know they've got no sponsor. I suppose they rebranded the whole of the Football League, the EFL, which sounds you know, horribly about sort of marketing it to Chinese fans or something like that, I suspect. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to call it the League Cup, as I did all along. Or the Milk Cup, which it's, is its actual appropriate name. The thing is... one of my age... It was actually sponsored by milk. That's why it was the milk cup. It's just that milk is such a sort of innocent seeming product um, compared to some of the things that were sponsored it. What's it? Rumbelows. That, that I think is the peak sponsor. Wow. I haven't thought about that for years, but I thought about it because I wrote an article for Bleacher Report beforehand about some good league cup games. And of course, uh, United's best ever Rumbelows cup game when they uh, smashed Arsenal thanks to Elise Sharpatrick. And Beautiful game, that one. Yeah. Danny Wallace playing as a false nine. Were you there? Was I there? Yes, I think I was with Lee Sharp's hat trick. Yes. Yes, I was. Yeah. Yeah. One of many games at Highbury I've been to. Where United has some very good results and some very poor ones too. Yeah, but that was uh, some classic Rumbelows Cup action. I'm pretty sure Rumbelows doesn't exist anymore. No. Well, what was it? It was like an electronics store or something. Yeah, I feel yeah. like washing yeah. machines is what I think of That's when it. I think of Rumbelows. Wow. <laughs> One of these days we're going to run out of bonus content for our uh, backers and we're going to talk about favourite nostalgic brands of the 1970s. ATZ, <laughs> <laughs> um, come on, we're not that old. So, yeah, talking of nostalgic brands, it was a bit disappointing to get City at home in the round after that. Not only because, obviously, it'll be a tough game or whatever, but just standing, it was kind of a kind of autumn evening. There was a bit of a chill in the air for one of the first times of the year. It was like this really, like, old, dilapidated, well, not old, because it's actually not that old, but like a small little, you know, uh, romantic stadium. And then you think, oh, no, it's all, it's all just going to go completely Hollywood again now. Because uh, it's Guardiola against Mourinho yet again, just like when they were manager of Madrid and Barcelona, just completely drawn to each other in all the cups and stuff. Yeah, that's it. Well, uh, well, well I guess we don't get to draw them in Europe uh, unless they drop out of the Champions League into the Europa, uh, by which time we'll be out, of course. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's hope this doesn't happen too often. No FA Cup third round, please. Um, yeah, that, that is a shame. You, you do want something a bit more interesting in the early rounds of this crappy competition when you're going to play some fringe players, but um, I guess not. So that was good. United back after three defeats in a row. Even better, 
was what happened today, Saturday, as we're, you know, a few hours after the game. That was a bit special for 45 minutes. My level of giddiness at halftime was dangerous. <laughs> Absolute dangerous levels of giddiness. The, your uh, very measured take on the podcast last week, you made it very clear you weren't worried about Jose Mourinho and Manchester United. You're not one of the football Einsteins he's been talking about all week, writing him off. Definitely not a football <laughs> Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, um, I, I wrote a reasonably positive piece on the on the United rant, saying, "Look, there's lots of good. There's here's here's a few reasons we can you know fix it. A couple of which came up today, which was one get get back to four three three. It makes a lot of sense. Which he sort of sort of did today. Not really. Mm, not really. <laughs> not really. <laughs> well, Pogba definitely was pushing forward, wasn't he? That would. Kind of make it four one five, <laughs> or, or, or the or the the four one two three that you wanted uh, when we talked about it last week. So that sort of happened, and uh, the other one, of course, is uh, that Jesse Lingard is back in the team. No, no way there. It wasn't that. It wasn't that. So someone was on the bench. Who could that have been? Do you know that's only the second time he's been dropped since Fergie retired? I'm obviously he's missed some like fringe games, and he's been out injured a couple of times, but. I believe Stoke City last season is the only time before this that he's been dropped uh, since Fergie retired. Absolutely incredible. And uh, we scored four goals in the first 45 minutes without him in the team. Meaning that basically, Ed, I'm pretty sure this 100% definitively proves we've definitely been right all along. Oh, 100%, yeah. Because, you know, one game proves everything, definitely. Absolutely no question. Yes. One game where the opposition literally chose not to defend. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, United scored three off corners, didn't they? And, uh, I mean, Smalling, the first one, easy as. Just real, no real challenge of note. Um, lovely move for the second goal. And then a couple more uh, set pieces. You know, Pogba with his header and, and Rashford at close range. So... It was a bit too easy scoring those goals. United were playing well in the first half, no doubt. Oh, brilliantly. Yeah, moving the ball really well. Uh, Lingard looked a lot sharper than the last time he played. Uh, Rashford, dangerous whenever he got the ball. Massa, beautiful on the ball at number 10. I mean, you know, it's just like really not having a dig at Rooney, but doesn't it make a difference when you play an actual number 10 at number 10? Not even bothered about not having a dig at Wayne Rooney. United looked fluid... Uh, they all looked like they were on the same page. Uh, it looked like a team that made complete sense, that had an awful lot of balance to it, that could combine penetration with uh, some pretty good, solid um, responsibility taking when the other team had the ball. Just absolutely looked a better team without him in the side. Yeah, they did. Um, and, and, you know, interesting combination in midfield of Pogba and Herrera. Herrera, obviously, you know, but I mean, they dominated central midfield and Marty and, and Drinkwater barely got the ball, did they, in the first half, at least. And, you know, it, it look, on paper, it looks a very attacking selection, doesn't it? You know, no natural defensive midfielder there. And Pogba was pushing forward. So there's no way you could say he was the more defensive of the two. You know, Herrera, uh, the one sitting a little bit further back. Um, and United sort of really going for it in that first half. You know, it was it was great stuff and um, true. You know, score the goals off the uh, the set pieces, but really felt like they deserved a healthy lead at half time. Absolutely, I, I've happened to have looked at the heat maps uh, for the post match article I wrote, and you're absolutely right. And um, Pogba didn't push that far up. He, he he was definitely playing in midfield, not as one of the attacking midfielders. Um, and Mata and Lingard were, you know, I, I did spend some time wondering who was playing at 10 and who was playing on the right, but the truth is they both played in both positions a lot. I mean, all three of them rotated and it's like, I mean, Rashford, Lingard and Mata all all swapped places, but really Mata and Lingard were interchanging and Ibrahimovic and Rashford were interchanging and Pogba was covering the kind of attacking duties mostly on the left, but Herrera just completely disciplined defensive midfield performance. Absolutely brilliant. And uh, it was kind of interesting. His name, I think was probably sung the loudest by the Stretford end in that game, which was, which was interesting to see. I mean, I know he's a popular player, but I I was almost a bit surprised by just how popular he seems to be uh, with, with kind of match going reds, but you can see why, because he was just superb. The, The perfect foil for Pogba in a game like this, in a game yeah. we're going to dominate. 
And I, and I don't think that'll happen with every game, clearly not. Um, I mean, you know, we've talked about this quite a bit, haven't we, that, that kind of balance in midfield and, and the lack of a real defensive midfielder causing a problem or the fact that he, he doesn't seem to really trust Michael Carrick. I thought Carrick might start this game, actually, and he didn't. But uh, Schneiderlin really being a box-to-box player and Fellaini being something, I'm not sure what, but definitely not a defensive midfielder. So, you know, he has got a problem with that and he's trying to find the right balance and he's trying to get the best out of Pogba because when you get the best out of Pogba, you get quite a lot, don't you? Because he was superb. Mesmerising. He he was, yeah. I mean, he got man of the match. I'm not sure he should have been, really. I thought Mata was absolutely brilliant, but, um, you know, Pogba wasn't far behind, uh, you know, if he wasn't man of the match, but uh, he was great. And and that's what we're expecting from him. And funnily enough, you know, there'd been quite a lot of criticism of Paul Pogba. He didn't play any pre-season. He's had five five games now. That's a that's about a pre-season, isn't it? You know, funnily enough. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think, in a way, the, the Southampton game, which he probably played quite a lot on adrenaline um, and, and the kind of hype of the move and all that stuff and the incredible atmosphere of that game, because then he didn't look rusty at all. That That was his best game before this. Uh, so maybe maybe that that um, blinded people a little bit to the fact that he hadn't had a preseason. Uh, you know, you mentioned man of the match. I think there are four candidates for man of the match: Pogba, Mata, Herrera, and can you guess who the last person I'm going to say is? Ed? Uh, well, it's definitely not Daily Blind. No, David De Gea. David De Gea. Oh, come on! No, Blind was very good. <laughs> Do you know what? He, all his best games have come at left back for United. All of them. Mm, nah, not not all of them. There was that Everton game against Lukaku. He had him in his absolutely in his pocket, uh, playing at centre back. But a lot of his best games have come at left back, and he was absolutely superb today, superb. But another another player I don't think was quite a man of the match contender because Blint had two assists and a pre-assist. Well, that's not a thing, but you know, he was the one that put the ball into Mata for Rashford's goal from a corner. But yeah, uh, Valencia was also excellent. I did so much hard work and he just looks completely reborn under Mourinho. The Fellaini rebirth looks a bit like it was something of a false dawn. Yeah, no, Fellaini is just not, he's not going to suddenly turn into a brilliant player. I actually thought Valencia had a couple of difficult games uh, of what I saw anyway. Um, but uh, I agree, very good today, getting forward a lot. Loud Lingard to tucking tight, which he, he is wont to do, isn't he? You know, he's he's not really a touchline hugger. Um, and Blint excellent on the other on the other flank. Blint's best position is definitely back up to Luke Shaw. Well, it'll be interesting because Mourinho had a massive go at Luke Shaw after um, after the derby, and I think again after Watford. Um, so I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting to see if Luke Shaw gets his place back automatically when he when he comes back. I'm not saying he shouldn't. I'm just saying it's going to be interesting to see if he does because Blint made a very good case uh, for it. There's a couple of small things I want to say. One, my seat was five rows back, halfway between the box and the centre circle on the Stretford end side. So I was far away from all the goals. The one goal I had a really good view of was Damari Gray's absolute like wonder hit for Leicester. What a goal that was. Yeah, you'd have seen, you'd have been right behind that one, wouldn't you? Yeah, so, perfect um, Yeah, ab- absolute stunner that was. I mean, I, I don't want to sound trite, but the second half was a little disappointing, wasn't it? You know, all the energy went out of United's performance. Leicester got back into it. They scored that brilliant goal. I mean, it's not like United were ever at risk of not winning this game. Enough control, but uh, it, felt, it felt like the players had gone, oh, we've done enough now, we can switch off. Yeah, I mean... And to be fair to them, they had done enough and they could switch off. I, I said to someone, we could do with a fifth here when when they scored their goal. Obviously, we weren't, we just weren't in any danger. And it's that thing in, in sport, isn't it? Once you lose competitive edge, the the it's just so hard to maintain that kind of completely elite level of performance. I yeah. mean, they took Mares and Vardy off at half time. They might as well all have just gone home at half time because that game was completely done wasn't it it was yeah I mean I, look, I don't expect Leicester to, to fall apart this season although given the taking the hammering here ship four against Chelsea in midweek in the in the cup and lost 4-1 at Liverpool it, it looks like that's a possibility it's interesting how much some of the players have, have kind of dropped off though you know Wes Morgan not his towering self Mares totally totally anonymous really should have taken that move in the summer shouldn't he and Vardy I'm sure he's regretting turning down Arsenal um, well, you know, he'd still be winning nothing. It's just he'd have hope until March. <laughs> I don't know if he is because, you know, he gets to play in the Champions League with Leicester and that's probably 
pretty personally meaningful to him, isn't it? Um, but yeah, uh, being sat that close to the pitch, actually, that's where your old season ticket was. Yeah. It was just a, a few rows down from your old season ticket. But the the thing that was really noticeable was how much more width we had on the left than the right, because in the first half, you know, it was loads of play over by that side, but in the, in, on the right hand side, there just was, there was very little, all the width on the right came from Valencia, but that worked. It worked really effectively. And, and partly that was because of Leicester, but partly because had so much in the middle, like Pogba and Zlatan, I've got some proper understanding and Rashford is a football genius. There's, there's one moment, of course, he scored that tap-in, which is like just classic striker goal. But there was a moment in the build-up to the corner that Smalling scored from, where the ball's over on the left-hand side, and Rashford just plays a through-ball header to Daly Blint. And I think so few players would have spotted that that header was on and played it there. It was such an unusual decision and so effective. Um, I just, you know, it's impossible not to think the world of that kid, isn't it? Look, he's a top player. Clearly, in any position. I, I wish he wasn't so good at left-back. Left-back, left-wing. Because uh, then he could uh, play up front more often. He, he's not going to play up front very often this season, I don't think. Although Mourinho said that he would be playing a lot of games. And I, I would think he will, you know. And I guess it will be difficult for Anthony Martial to get back into the team. Out out today because of the uh, ankle and calf injury he took after being clobbered last week at Watford. Um, and not the concussion that he probably suffered as well. Um, but yeah, it's you know on this kind of form, it's going to be hard for him to get into the team. Hard for Henrik Mkhitaryan to get into the team as well. Yeah, although you know either of them could probably replace Lingard in that lineup without it making a massive negative difference. Although Lingard was good today, right? But you, you've got thirty-five million pounds worth of Henrik Mkhitaryan, thirty million pounds worth of Memphis to pay, and what up somewhere up to sixty million pounds worth. Of of Anthony Martial not able to get into the team because of two Brilliant. kids from the academy. Perfect. The Man United way. I mean, I don't know if that's the Man United way. Uh, no, I think the Man United way is that, that clip of uh, the Chevrolet mascots being <laughs> brought out for their annual meeting with the players, which was very sweet because the, uh, the mascots really did love it and uh, gave the players a hug. But, you know, every 15 seconds, Keegan was going, Chevrolet mascots, Chevrolet, welcome Old Trafford to Chevrolet. Absolutely exhausting before the game and at halftime today. Just the amount of times I heard the word Chevrolet today. Every time, like a kind of tiny dagger through your heart, you know. Shut up about Chevrolet, we don't care. And now I've just said it twice as well. Um, but anyway, yeah, those kids were very happy and the players all had their uh, mascots' names on the back of their outer shirts. Can you even get a Chevrolet over here? <laughs> do, do they, I thought they were branded as Opal or something like that. Or is that no, your... I, I was driving to the, not this game, but whatever the game before was at Old Trafford that I went to. And I noticed somebody driving a Chevrolet and I was like, oh, I see it's working then. Yeah, I, I've hired them. When when I've been in the US, piece. Of um, right, Zoria. What do you know about Zoria then? It's Alan. <laughs> oh, it's painful because it's true. Actually, can we just have a brief word, a brief interlude to talk about punditry for a minute? Because this has to have been one of the worst weeks for punditry ever. We had. Match of the day two, I think it was, last week, where Trevor Sinclair said Rooney should now be playing every week as a number four because he's got all the attributes to play holding midfielder. I suspect he has, apart from work rate and that long pass out to the right-hand side, he has none of the attributes required to play as defensive midfielder. That was a nonsense. The banter narrative wrote a brilliant uh, piece um, of like Paul Scholes, a parody of Paul Scholes saying that he really should give... Uh, Rooney a chance in goal. David De Gea is obviously one of the best goalkeepers in the world, but think about what Rooney's done for this club, <laughs> which is almost literally the line. Then we had on MUTV the clip that went viral of Keith from Wilmslow, uh, who became a kind of internet hero um, for taking on Sammy McElroy on the subject of Wayne Rooney. Keith from Wilmslow rings up the M an MUTV phone in and says uh, Rooney can't just keep being picked because of what he's done for the club. Uh, Brian Robson did a lot for the club. It's it's ridiculous. And Sammy McElroy almost literally went, yeah, but think about what he's done for the club. It was mind-blowing. <laughs> um, 
Yes. <laughs> Absolutely unbelievable. And Garth Crooks today, on there was a clip doing the rounds off the BBC Match of the Day Twitter uh, page on Final Score today. Garth Crooks just saying, yes, but Rooney works very hard. He should play. He works very hard. It's, it's, they just won't let it go. No, they won't. Um, we had Charlie Nicholas on uh, Sky Sports doing his combined Leicester United 11. Uh, didn't involve Paul Pogba. Um, had Danny Drinkwater in there, though. Listen, they're all United Youth Academy products. It's fine. Uh, very true. Yeah, punditry's terrible. Um, the thing is, to be a pundit, you have to have been a former footballer. And former footballers, a very, very small percentage of them really know anything about the game other than how to kick the ball. Um, you know, in terms of like tactics and stuff, how many of them ever make good coaches, right? A tiny percentage of them. Uh, not not too many of them are really students of the game, let alone articulate with it. So uh, it's it's kind of sad, actually, because I think you'd get some very interesting punditry if you mixed it up a little bit, because um, there are some brilliant followers of the game who didn't happen to be players. So this is, um, this is not United related. This is a, a bit of a tangent. It's something I wrote about for you, Max, it. I'm just going to read you the verbatim quote of Terry Butcher on Five Live. He's asked, uh, what's gone wrong with Chelsea's defence? By the way, Chelsea only kept uh, nine clean sheets in the league last season. So there's only six teams kept fewer. So it's still bad. It's not suddenly bad. But anyway, Terry Butcher says, David Luiz, he's back and look what happens. I could not believe Chelsea took him and all of a sudden there's panic stations when David Luiz is in and John Terry's out. I think it just shows you how much John Terry organises and how much respect he has from his fellow defenders. It's like, first of all, immediately there, he said it's David Luiz's being there that's the problem and then immediately changed it to being that it's because John Terry's out that they've gone bad, which are two separate things altogether. Then he starts saying, uh, he's asked by, uh, I think it's Pugach, whether uh, Gary Cahill should have, should have be a better leader by now. And um, Butch says, he should have done. He hasn't done it with England. He hasn't done it with Chelsea. You know, on the tyres of a car, you have one nut that is the key nut. I'm not saying John Terry's a nut, but he's the key nut. And they've obviously lost it, so they haven't got a key nut. And that's why the wheels keep falling off. Right. <laughs> it it hasn't even got a badge yet. This is where he really goes proper off the rails. Just be good defenders. Stop pulling your socks up over your blooming knees. <laughs> Stop wearing this hair, this big hair and everything else and undershorts and be a defender. <laughs> what? Stop no, wearing undershorts. Stop wearing your socks over he, your knees. He, look, it's uh, it, it's it's the musical equivalent of you know, or the football equivalent of saying, "Oh, all, all this modern music is just noise, isn't it?" You know, I'm sure he, he doesn't <laughs> exactly. like colour boots either, or foreigners who don't like to do it at Stoke on a Tuesday. No, you you won't be surprised that the next paragraph featured the words "just kick it into the stands if you need to." Yeah, yeah. So a bad week for punditry all round. Uh, it's rarely a good week, to be honest. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Uh, so, you know, that was a very good attempt to not talk about jo- Zoya Luhansk. <laughs> Over to you, Ed. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I know a little bit, only because I decided to write like two and a half thousand words on the Europa League uh, when the draw came out. Because you do, right? Uh, current standard of comments, not. <laughs> <laughs> How many comments are there insulting you that you had to delete? <laughs> no, none, actually. Yeah, no, people couldn't even be bothered to insult me. Anyway, so Zoya, um, who are one of the uh, smaller Ukrainian sides, you could say, uh, don't even play in their own town anymore because um, uh, they uh, are in um, uh, eastern Ukraine, which is you know, basically war-torn at the moment. So Russian-backed rebels um, trying to take down the... Ukrainian government, the the actual town um, Luhansk is is uh, run by a the uh, the People's Republic of Luhansk or something like that. Uh, said rebels, um, so they're playing many miles away at the Zlavatich Arena in Zaporizhia, uh, which holds about I don't know twelve thousand people. So um, uh, you know, just the kind of place you like to go, Paul. Uh, <laughs> no, glamorous compared to Northampton. Now, now this is a good bit of fun. Their ground is located, or the new ground is located on Lobanovshoko Street, uh, which is named after Valery Lobanovsky, if you remember him, legendary manager that he was. Uh, 
Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, uh, that's it. That's it. That's you told me you've done research. That's what I've got for you. I've done some <laughs> no, research. Do you know anything about the team itself? <laughs> well, they uh, they were fourth last season. Um, uh, they probably wouldn't have made it into the uh, Europa League, but um, I think um, Zenit. No, not Zenit. Uh, one of the other big Russian teams, whose name I've totally forgotten, um, was banned uh, for uh, breaching UEFA financial fair play rules. So they actually made it in. Um, they've they've been doing all right this season. They lost a couple of times only. They beat Legia Warsaw. What else? It was Dinapro and the rest of it's unpronounceable who uh, who breached UEFA financial fair play rules, so were out. So you know, basically, they're a they're a sort of slightly better than mid ranked Ukrainian side. Don't play in their own town anymore because it's in the middle of a war zone, uh, and they only made the Europa League because uh, one of their rivals was banned. So you know, they're good and all that. They drew with Fenerbahce at home. They did, which isn't bad. No, it's not. That's literally the only thing I know about them. I think we said this when the draw happened. You know, I joke about a lack of European football knowledge, but generally speaking, when you play in the European competitions, I have heard of the opposition. Uh, this, I think, is the first time I can remember United playing someone I genuinely hadn't heard of before before the draw. Mind you, if you look at the Europa League draw, you know, even the group stage, I don't, I don't even mean the you know fourth qualifying round or whatever, Take a look at some of these teams, and I'm not sure I've heard of some of these, you know. And I, I do like to think I'm not definitely not a European football hipster in that I'm watching, you know, the second division of the Romanian league or something like that. But there's some teams in here I'm not sure where they come from. So uh, Group C, for example, do you know where Gabala SC come from? Definitely not. No, me neither. FC Astra Giorgio. Uh I'm going to guess Kazakhstan. <laughs> no idea. Uh, US Salsulo. Calcio. Sassuolo, Ed. No. <laughs> Literally a Serie A team. We've both heard of them. We've both heard of them. I'm just reading <laughs> off the page. <laughs> I do know them. Point being, many teams I don't actually know, you know, and it's uh, it reaches deep into the, the football hipsterdom, doesn't it, uh, to actually know some of these. Again, like, like with the Northampton game, I mean, I wonder if we'll see a very similar team. I wonder if we will see Romero, especially that we lost against final. Does he, or does Mourinho go, okay, we've lost against final, we have to now win this game. I mean, if he wants to qualify, obviously this is a complete must-win game. Yeah, it's also a game that United should be able to win with some fringe players. I mean, I agree that we should be able to win with some fringe players, but O-ring theory, Ed, O-ring theory. Like, we should be able to win with some fringe players, but how many goals is Rocco going to ship on his own if he plays? Yeah, uh, true. That said, Stoke at the weekend, you know, I, I, I would not blame Mourinho for uh, playing some fringe players. You know, I don't think many United fans would blame him for taking the whole competition like this anyway, would they? Really? I mean, if United had dumped out of the group stage, so what? Yeah, no, it really doesn't. It does not matter one little tiny bit, does it? I mean, the only thing is, of course, we have got so many fringe... Like, Rooney's got to get a game, hasn't he, sometimes? Uh, so we could do with staying in a few cup competitions a bit longer so we can get Romero and Rooney a run out. Cruel, cruel, but fair. Uh, Rooney's not going to play much for the rest of the season, is he? Um, I mean, he definitely shouldn't. We'll see what happens. Um, it, it feels like it's too good to be true at this point. I don't know. I don't. This Now, this just sounds like I hate Wayne Rooney, which... I, I, having kind of deliberately said, like, yeah, I've got an agenda, I've now... At last, got an agenda, but that agenda has been fulfilled. Is this is just about him? It's not even about him not being picked in the first team ever, because that would be ridiculous. It's about him not being the undroppable force. You know, that's that's really all that it is. And and that Leicester game that has sated that thing that that for some reason the last two managers have been completely enthralled to Rooney and. It was starting to feel like maybe Mourinho wasn't giving him enough rope to hang himself, but actually was in thrall himself. But really, you have to say that Northampton game kind of kind of swung that to making it really seem like Rooney uh, Mourinho was indeed like just saying to Rooney, "I can't pick you. You've played terribly in all the four or five positions I've played you in this season." Mind you, in his pre-match press conference, he blamed uh, England for ruining Rooney's form. You know, completely ignoring that Rooney's been shit for three years. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I've seen people on Twitter saying, oh, of course he's bad. He's taking the criticism to heart. Is it any surprise he's bad? 
No, it's no surprise he's bad, but not because he's been getting criticism, because actually he's been sailing through relatively uncriticised for huge swathes of his terrible form. Um, and it's Richard Keyes. Richard Keyes tweeted today. This is brilliant. Like, unbelievable, terrible treatment of Rooney. How can a club legend be treated like this? What's wrong with these people? What? Dropped. 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 Dropped after playing terribly all season. Like, left out of the side for Zlatan Ibrahimovic, essentially. It's hardly a crime. Uh, anyway, yeah. So, uh, I hope hope Rooney can rediscover Rooney can have a little renaissance you know but I don't see where it's coming from that that would be my hope that would be the dream but um it, it seems unlikely all right that's uh that's enough of Zoya Luhansk and, and Wayne Rooney and uh, his upcoming date with destiny in the Europa League let's take some questions all right wowzers says at Andy United that was fun when was the last time you actually had fun watching us NB not oh it's all relative fun wasn't long ago at Southampton. That was fun. Really enjoyed that game. But the, I'd say uh, the FA Cup semi final and final as well. Uh, and before that, Stoke at home last season when Martial scored that brilliant counter attacking goal. Yeah. Um, it, it's not been that much fun this season, you know. Uh, all right on the opening day of the season, was it? Sort of. Bournemouth. You know, just, yeah, about, second just about. Yeah, okay at Bournemouth. Pretty good against Southampton. A bit rubbish against Hull. City, Feyenoord, Watford and Northampton. The Hull was a lot of fun though. I, I did enjoy watching United against Hull because they just wouldn't stop trying. And that was Mkhitaryan and Rashford came on and made all that difference in that game. That was quite, that was quite fun too. So there has been some fun this season. There will be more, I'm confident. But I tell you what I was trying to remember was when the last time we were 4-0 up at half time was. And uh, I just can't remember. I can't really remember the last time we were 4-0 up to be honest. It feels like it's been a very long time indeed, anyway. No, scored five against uh, Midgetland last year. Ah, uh, that's true, but I don't know if we were 4-0 up. No, I, I I feel like most of them came in the second half. So Yeah, they scored at some point, yeah, didn't they? Yeah. And I, think it, I don't think they scored when they were miles behind. Anyway. At Ryan Dino says, Is Rooney going to break the goal-scoring record by miscontrolling the ball into the net? It was funny when he came on and his first touch was a shank off his shin. I did have a little chuckle in my seat at that. But no, I think he's probably going to break the score. Goal scoring record, scoring perfectly good goals. Next season. He's not going to be at Man United next season. At Dunknans, who I'm going to give friend of the rank cast status to, even though he's uh, being mean because he's not a United fan, but he listens to the show. And he's a good man. And he says, are you happy with your young long ball football? Is this the United way? A lot of long balls today, but it was beautiful. The ball, I don't know if you saw the goals against Northampton, but the absolute hit and hope that Herrera hit was, it was really funny. And I felt sorry for the Northampton goalkeeper because he didn't seem to know that it was Marcus Rashford's legendary force of goal scoring that he was up against. I, look, I, I think there's nothing wrong with mixing it up. Nothing wrong, you know. Um, what did we expect? So, you know, Mourinho is what Mourinho is and he's always had a mix of, you know, all of his teams have played a little direct sometimes when they needed to, you know. Uh, United had 70% possession today, so I don't think they were just booting it along for the sake of it. Um, they do play into the channels, so they've got plenty of space in, in which to do it. And uh, and he's hardly one of these managers who wants to play all that funny tippy-tappy stuff, is he? I am... Um... I never mind a long ball into the channels. Like I never mind a long ball for someone to chase and latch onto, like a long through ball. Essentially, it's it's a lot different to smashing it up to the big man and hoping he gets a knockdown, isn't it? No, and and that's what Mourinho encourages. You know, fast transitions, and and he doesn't have his defenders pull their socks up over their knees either. <laughs> oh, this this is one for you, Ed. You'll like this one. This is this is definitely fits into your agenda. At Hez one three three says, do you have an update on Ashley Young's cost per goal slash assist? <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's over a million. <laughs> oh, dear. He came on today, ran around manfully, misplaced the pass to Valencia, then stared at Valencia like Valencia had done something wrong, then uh, failed to trap a slightly bad pass from someone else and just stared at them. I was like, Ash, not sure you want to be really aggressively staring at all your teammates. I think some of this might be on you. At level two, Rogue says, is it time to drop all pretense that anybody else is better and get Blint to do all our set-piece deliveries? Uh, maybe not the free kicks, but yeah, Blint should definitely be on corners. Three goals from corners today. Remarkable. I know. Um, I'm trying to remember if we, if we scored three goals from corners 
through the whole time that Van Hal and Moyes were in charge. Um, I uh, I spoke to an analytics guy on Twitter in the week who I think I'm going to try and get on the show, actually, because uh, he said something really interesting. I, I said my take on United's set pieces is that they've been absolutely abysmal for ages. And he said, it's just not true. They've been, they were way above expectation under Ferguson and have been basically average since he left. Um, so I'll get him on that and have a bit of a chat with him about that. That might be interesting. Mm. I'd like to know why they're way above average under Ferguson. It's not as if United really did something particularly clever on corners. Were they just well organised or something? Yeah, maybe maybe you just put a ton of work into them. I mean, there is this theory, isn't there, among analytics people that that set pieces are hugely underexploited in football, and that's you know. Uh, but anyway, all anyone anytime anyone talks about corners just makes me miss David Beckham. That's what happens. Uh, at Paul Hay nineteen sixty seven says, "How's the giddyometer this week? Up and down like a yo yo lately." Totally convinced we're going to win the league again, to be honest. Yeah, not sure about that. City, uh, comfortable victory again today, so already quite a few points behind. But, uh, you know, we'll be all right. Absolutely. Ish. I think we'll be all right. Last week I was very upset about the whole thing, but he's dropped Rooney and Fellaini since then and everything looks nice again. So, you know, we'll see. Yes, yes, yeah. Now, you know, coming up to Stoke at the weekend and, uh, you know, will they come back into the team? We'll we'll come on to that in a sec. Uh, what's better? Asks at bifurcated underscore MBM. World peace or Marcus Rashford? It's world peace, lads. It's obviously well. Mark, Marcus Rashford is a good footballer, but world peace would benefit every single individual on earth. How is that even a question? That's true, but but I mean, you know, a little bit, uh, just a little bit of fighting, loads of goals for Marcus Rashford. Go on, it's fair trade. <laughs> um, do you think that it was Jose's plan all along, asks B Bishop eighty seven, to phase out Rooney? Or has he bowed to fan slash media pressure? Well, he's not banning bowing to fan slash media pressure. What media pressure? You know. I I, I just don't buy there is any. Um Rooney's fan club in the in the media have been fully behind him all the time. Um it, it is kind of funny watching people on Twitter badger Gary Neville, you know, <laughs> say something about Rooney and he just refuses to. It's, uh, yeah, um, so I think he's been given a very easy ride given the standard of his performances. So um, if Mourinho has dropped Rooney uh, for the longer term, and this isn't just a one game, um, if, this is a, if this is a Mourinho and Casillas moment, um, then I think he's made his own decision there. Uh, Neville's pretty, I didn't see this obviously, but I heard that Neville was actually quite reasonable on the show and said it was inevitable that Rooney, that Rooney was going to be dropped based on his form. Um, I don't know if that's true. Did you hear him say that on Sky? I did not hear him say that. I uh, I uh, tuned into the game about five minutes before. <laughs> At Born underscore and underscore Red says, I wonder what this week's rank cast will be called. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we had the it's we're actually quite good edition. Then there's the no, we're absolutely completely terrible edition. Uh, we could either go with no, 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 it's fine. We are actually good. But this is starting to get ridiculous now. So I think we might just call it I told you so this week. Hashtag agenda. Uh, at Kaim, no, I'm not going to ask another Rooney question. Um, but uh, I liked your question, uh, Kai. And that's Kai McMahon. Uh, the best moment of the first half wasn't even a goal, says Kai. Uh, Pogba to Zlatan, so good. So, 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 so good. So I guess that's the one that Zlatan volleyed over the bar. Right, lovely clipped ball through and on his chest. And uh, really, he'd done so much work. He's got to put that in from there. He's about eight yards out. <laughs> I mean, I guess a spinning volley is hard, even for Zlatan. Stop pulling his socks up so far. He hasn't scored for a while. Bit of a drought. <laughs> no, he hasn't. <laughs> um, at United's Way says, uh, wonderful. How wonderful is it to see um, Blint, Mata and Herrera play so well? Such clever ballers, but haven't always been first choice. Yeah, I mean... A team with those three in it playing well is going to always be playing some pretty football, isn't it? Yeah, um, I I would like to see Herrera in the team every week and matter. And, um, you know, Blint's got lovely hair. <laughs> oh, man, uh, Daley Blint was so good today, Ed. He was so good. I don't mind him at left back. He's definitely his best position. Yeah, you've always said that. To be fair to you and your anti-Blint agenda, to be fair to you, you have always indeed said that. Um, all right, so we've got one more game, and that is talking of tippy tappy nonsense. We're playing Mark Hughes's new look, Diddy Men Stoke. New look, Diddy Men Stoke, who are uh, uh, not so new look, rubbish. 
uh, really, really bad this season. Drew today against West Brom, uh, unfortunately for them, a uh, goal in injury time uh, from Rondon to, to snatch a draw in the face of victory. How happy do you think Tony Pulis is? As we record this right now, how much do you think Tony Pulis enjoyed that? Quite a lot, I'd imagine. Quite a lot. His thousandth game as well, that was for Pulis. So, uh, congratulations, Tony. Well done. Thousand games of beautiful long ball football. A United fan growing up, you know, Tony Pulis was. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Didn't exactly learn the kind of United way, as it were, did he? <laughs> maybe maybe it was Dave, Dave Sexton near United. Yeah, no, it probably was. Um, no, Stoke, rubbish at the moment. So not not only uh, losing in the um, league every week, got smashed by Palace last week and Tottenham the week before that, but um, knocked out of the uh, Football Cup, Football Cup, Football League Cup um, by Hull. Of all teams. Yeah, I mean, th- th- they are really in terrible trouble. And there's been a lot of analysis of it. Um, I was listening to the Football Ramble earlier in the week and uh, made quite the salient point that when a team plays, like when a team ships four goals as often as Stoke are this season, you wonder whether they are playing for their manager. And uh, Mark Hughes is, has always been a spiky character, hasn't he? You can You can quite easily... Like, I don't think he's a bad manager by any means. I mean... He's, you know, he's got a pretty good record and Stoke, he has done quite well with Stoke up to now, but there's something very, very wrong there. And and there shouldn't be because they've got a good team. I mean, some very good players at least. Right. Well, you know, Peter Coates, Stoke chairman, or, or is it Coates? Um, he said, uh, look, we finished ninth in the league three times in a row, which is kind of remarkable. I, d- I didn't realise they'd finished ninth three times in a row. And, you know, what's the problem? Uh, it's only September. Have some... Have some context, I think he said. So, um, and that's fair enough. I think they didn't actually win a game last season until the end of September either. Uh, so maybe they're just slow starters, but they are starting very slowly. And and certainly, if it's like this in December, there'll be pressure on Hughes to to go, won't there? Yeah, I mean, I guess you know, if you think about the team, the players that that team's built around, they are sort of famously slightly flaky. Arnautovic, Shakiri. Both like remarkable talents, but you would describe both as mercurial, wouldn't you? They're, neither of them exactly like regular. They don't. Neither of them regularly hit their top form. The kind of players that wouldn't like it on a Tuesday night at Stoke. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He seems to just essentially just be buying the kind of players who wouldn't like it on a Tuesday night at, at Stoke. Uh, yeah, and it's going to blow up in his face by the looks of it. Um, they they they've got a. Uh, they've got to fix it soon because they play United and, and then there's a couple of relegation, well, three relegation six-pointers in a row for Stoke, Sunderland, Hull and then Swansea after that before the end of October. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, what do you think is going to be the outcome of that game? I think uh, we're going to have young Fellaini and Rooney back in the side and we're going to lose. No, I don't. <laughs> no. Um, Look, uh, assuming assuming no disasters from the Thursday night game and you know a bunch of injuries and stuff, it is unfortunate to play Thursday night and then sort of Sunday lunchtime. Um, so I, I imagine that will be mentioned by Mourinho a few times, give him an excuse to play a few fringe players. Let's hope there's no disaster and no injury. I think United will dominate this game um, and and win comfortably. Yeah, I mean that is that is what should happen, isn't it? And you'd think, I wonder if he'll play the exact same eleven against Stoke that he did against Leicester. Maybe I guess it depends if Shaw's back. Um, but I think apart from that, I don't think there's any real reason to even... You could you could drop Lingard for Martial, but even then you're kind of missing, messing with the win, winning formula a little bit there, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. You know, we've got a week. Um, see if Martial's back, see how fit McTarian is... Um, and sure, and and so on. Yeah, um, I, I guess that there will be some commentary about Rooney in the next week, won't there? Just a, just a few headlines, uh, and it would be a surprise to see him back in. You know, it doesn't make a lot of sense given the United just scored four uh, and functioned pretty well. Yeah, you. I mean, I imagine that Rooney will play against Zoria in midweek, and that of course will make have a big bearing on the team against Stoke and whether we pick up any injuries. So. All right, what's your predictions for these two games? I think United will win 2-1 at home to Zoria. Obviously, duh. Um, no, maybe I'll give it more than that then, because it's at home. I'll say 3-1. 
and 3-0 against Stoke. All right, I'm going to go with 2-0 and 3-1 to United. God, giddy-a-meter is high this week. Yeah, it really is. Five goals in a week. Only one conceded. It could happen. We scored four goals in 45 minutes today. God, it was good. It was really exciting and fun and good. It was indeed, yeah. Um, enjoyed it. And, you know, there, there haven't been too many occasions like that over the last three years, have there? No, absolutely. Let's hope for some more. Absolutely. And and Leicester were generous visitors, it, it has to be said, in terms of moderating the giddyometer. But even we've we've played plenty of decent op- um not particularly decent opposition in the last 3 years and not done that to them and and you know it, that was that was a game where uh there didn't look to be any major weak links in united side everyone played well basically everyone on the pitch played well and um the very good players a couple of them played absolutely excellently and that's a recipe for success very good um, so coming up after this, we've got what have we got? We're we're doing bonus content for Beckers talking about their 2005 Ashes uh, and uh, the monthly uh, bonus Q and A. Until until then, everyone else, you can get us on Twitter. I'm at United Rant and Paul is at UTG Rantcast and on UMaxit and on where else YouTube with Paul's House. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, and and on Bleacher Report, um, sponsored by Chevrolet. No. <laughs> um, yeah, you can read a load of good quality writing at unitedrant.co.uk as well. And if you want access to the bonus content, head over to patreon.com slash rankcast. Uh, the show is brought to you by the good people of Patreon. That's how we're able to keep doing this show. So, um, And not be sponsored by Chevrolet. <laughs> exactly, exactly. This is basically a way of us not saying the name of a brand over and over again, but we seem to just have said the name of a brand over and over again. Uh, Porsche, Ford, uh, Audi. I'm just trying to... There are other car manufacturers. Yeah, absolutely. Tesla. Yes, Tesla. Uh, Prius. I, I went, actually, while I was in the States, I went I went in the Tesla. Did you? That was good fun. Yeah. What was it like? Did you drive it or were you passenger? No. No, and and uh, my demands to put it on autopilot and insane mode were, were fell on deaf ears. Very disappointing. So, I, I, without giving any names away, was it a Silicon Valley billionaire that was driving the Tesla at the time? No. Okay, right, okay. Silicon Valley millionaire? Not Silicon Valley. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> All right, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We will be back next week.